6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck begins his teaching on the book of Nehemiah, chapters 6 through 8. Well, we're in the in session 3 of Nehemiah, and uh, there's only two sessions left. We'll have done the whole book, so we'll get those next time. So um, uh, there's 13 chapters altogether. But we'll take chapters 6, 7, and 8 in this session. So let's bow our hearts for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for your word. We do pray, Father, through your Holy Spirit, you would help us to perceive the lessons you have for each of us as we learn from this leader of Nehemiah. We pray, Father, that you'd open our hearts to your word, that we might be more responsive to your will in our lives as we commit our time, ourselves, this hour, into your hands in the name of Yeshua our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You realize it's only about 12 years after Ezra's return that Nehemiah came to Judah, and he was the high official of the Persian court. We don't want to lose sight of that. He really gave up a lot for this uh, project. And uh, he, out of concern for Jerusalem, he asked for and got permission to serve as governor of this minor district. Very minor place, by the way. Um, the, uh, we're talking about uh, the land of uh, Yehud, or Judah, it was only about 800 square miles, about uh, uh, extended north and south about 25 miles, and east and west about 32. That's a small parcel of ground in contrast to being you know, at the court of the entire known empire at that time. Now, it's also, you're gonna be, we need to understand that uh, even in, uh, with Ezra in Judah, uh, teaching the word of God to the people, which was his job, that they, they had drifted from a full commitment. And by the time you get to Nehemiah's time, again, the uh, intermarriage is a problem. Doing business on the Sabbath day was a problem. And uh, uh, the whole established way of life. So it's time for another fresh start. Now this tiny piece of ground, of course, is easy pickings, it would seem, to the, uh, to the Judah's enemies. And so they often got discouraged and they often, uh, the morale ebbed. And so... Uh, Often opposition from the neighbors was just enough to abandon a project. So Nehemiah's decision to live in this little insignificant parcel of ground rather than to continue his important position at the capital of the Persian Empire seems dramatic, but it's a measure of his commitment to God, if you will. Now we're going to notice Nehemiah's boldness all the way through here. The people of Judah often got discouraged, but not Nehemiah. He surveyed the tasks, as we've seen in chapter 2, I don't, I don't know, if people ask me, I don't know if he knew the, the significance of the dating. I don't know if he realized that he was, uh, in effect, fulfilling uh, Daniel chapter 9. But in any case, the response to the people is immediate. They rolled up their sleeves, they got into it. And uh, so uh, if you're going to describe Nehemiah's character, I, I would use the word bold very quickly. But now we're going to get into his opposition to, uh, his response to opposition against him personally is what's going to serve us in, in, in this chapter. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, those are the, the uh, evil three, um, 
and the Gershom, the Arabian, and the, and the rest of our enemies, heard, I, heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Gershom sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief, so they want to meet. What is Nehemiah's response? I, I says, I sent messengers unto, <clears throat> me, I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after the sort, and I answered them after the same manner. So they're trying to distract him. They're trying to slow him down by engaging him here. Then, then sent Sanballat a servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu said, uh, saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou hast appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now shall it be reported to the king according to these words, Come now therefore and let us take counsel together. So they're, they're, they're uh, libeling him. Slander and libel, however you want to uh, 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 package it. This, uh, um, um, the place, by the way, the plain of Ono where they originally asked him to come was about six, is about 25 miles northwest of Jerusalem, about six miles southeast of Joppa. Of course, Nehemiah suspects foul play, so he just shines them on, if you will. And uh, so now uh, their response, the enemies have tipped their hand. Rather than countering with an offer to meet with Nehemiah in Jerusalem, uh, they sent the same message, and uh, uh, Nehemiah responded four times, but then they uh, uh, have this idea of uh, libeling him. And uh, now see, the Nehemiah's enemies realized that he would never leave Jerusalem and meet with him, so they tried another tactic. They tried to put pressure and force him to meet with him, because, but to answer, what the, answer this libel, and that he was trying to set himself up a king, of course, which is all nonsense. That would be considered a threat to King Artaxerxes if he took it seriously. So the letter is rather insidious in several ways. It would seem that... Uh, it would seem, on the face of it, that they had Nehemiah's welfare at heart. That's not certainly not true. But um, they, they, they implied that that was the reason they wanted to meet, is to review this letter. But more basic motive, they were attempting to get Nehemiah to respond out of fear. Now, the letter may have contained an element of truth. There might have been some religious leader that was uh, had interpreted Nehemiah's presence as a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies regarding the coming of a Messiah king. So it's possible. That's conjecture, but it's it, it, it's possible. And when Nehemiah says, Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, thy, uh, Their hand shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hand. So he prays again. He always regularly prays uh, for strength and so forth. And, uh, okay, so verse 10. Moving. Afterward I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delah, uh, the son of Mehetabil, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night they will come to slay thee. Now this guy, Shemaiah, uh, <laughs> um, is again one of these, uh, he, he's probably a guy that Nehemiah trusted, because it would have been illogical for him to meet with uh, uh, secretly with someone he didn't trust. But uh, when Shemaiah uh, suggests they meet in the temple behind closed doors, pretending to protect Nehemiah from would-be assassins, but this whole thing is, uh, 
a, a, a trap also. Nehemiah discerned several flaws in Shemaiah's proposal or so-called prophecy. First, that God would hardly ask Nehemiah to run when the project of the wall was nearing completion. And uh, secondly, no true prophet would ask someone to violate God's law. Only priests were allowed in the sanctuary. Nehemiah was not a priest. And uh, he would have desecrated the sanctuary and, and brought himself under God's judgment. And so uh, he would not disobey God just to save himself uh, from his enemies. So, so he's suddenly convinced that Shemaiah is a false prophet employed by Tobiah and Sanballat to trick him. And uh, so if the governor entered the temple and lived, people would know that he disregarded God's commands. So once again, what does Nehemiah do? He prays. Okay. After I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Eliah, who was shut up, said, let us meet together in the house of God. See, that's, that's the tip-off right there. That would have been breaking God's law. Within the, within the temple, shut the doors and so on. It's a trap, in other words. And I said, should a, such a man as I flee... And who is there that, being as I am, would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And though I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin, that they might have the matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. And uh, my God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works, and on the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month, Elul, in 50 and 2 days. So it came to pass when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Moreover, in those days the nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came unto them. For there were many in Judah sworn unto him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, And his son Johanan had taken the daughter of Meshullam, the son of Berechiah. And also they reported his good deeds before me and uttered my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to put me in fear. So the turmoil continues. Now, let's continue in, uh, in uh, chapter 7. It came to pass... When the wall was built, that I had set up the doors, the porters, and the singers, and the Levites were appointed, that I gave my brother Hananiah and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. So uh, they prepared the gates; they're secure. Um, Hananiah, by the way, was the, it was uh, Nehemiah's brother who reported Jerusalem problems back to when he was a cupbearer to the king back in the second verse of the first chapter. This other Hananiah is a different guy, man of integrity and deep spiritual convictions. And Nehemiah knows that there are still enemies around, so he maintains that their security measures be maintained. The city gates were to be opened only a few hours each day, and the citizens, probably many of them were uh, wall repairers, were to serve as guards. Okay, and uh, I said to them, Let not the gates of the Jerusalem be opened till the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them, and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch, and every one to be over against his house. Now the city was large and great, but the people were few therein, and the houses were not builded. My God put into my heart to gather together the nobles, the rulers, and the people, that they might be reckoned by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of them which came up at the first, and found written therein. These are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity, those that had been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away, and came again unto Jerusalem and to Judah, everyone to the city. And we're going to go through a list here. 
He came with Jerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramiah, Nahamani, Mordecai, Belshan, Mishpereth, Bigvai, Nahum, Bena. The number, I say, of the men of the people of Israel was this. Of the children of Parosh, 2,172. The children of Shephthiah, 372. The children of Era, 652. And the children of Pahathamoab, of the children of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818. Uh, you don't have to add these up. He'll do it at the end for you. Uh, the children of Elam, 1,254. Children of Zatu, 845. Children of Zechai, 703 score. Children of Binui, the uh, 648. The children of Bebai, 628. And uh, um, these lists of names, by the way, are almost identical to those in Ezra chapter 2, except that Nehemiah includes a couple of extra we'll talk about when we get to the end of this. Um, Children of Hashem, 328. Children of Bezai, uh, 324. Children of Harif, uh, 112. Children of Gibeon, 90 and 5. The children of Bethlehem and Neopatah. Uh, a hundred and four, four score eight. The men of Anathoth, the uh, 128. And, uh, the children of, uh, Behath Maveth, 40 and 2. The children of Kiriath Jerim, Kephira, and, uh, Birath, 743. The men of Rama and Giba, 621. Men of Michmas, 120 and 2. And the men of Bethel, Ai, 120 and 3. The men of other Nebo, 50 and 2. The children of Elam, 1,254, children of Harim, 320, the children of Jericho, 345, children of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721, and the children of Sena'a, 3,930, the priests, the children of Jedediah, the house of Jeshua, 973, now the priests, of course, are Levites, right? And the children of Immer, 1,052, Children of Pasher, 1,247. The children of Harim, 1,017. And the Levites, the children of Jeshua, Kadmiel, and the children of Hodavah, 7 and 4. And the singers, the children of Asaph, 140 and 8. The porters, the children of Shalom, the children of Utter, the children of Talmud, the children of Akab, the children of Hatita, and the children of Shobai, and the 138. And the Nethanims, or the Gibeonites, if you will, the children of Ziha, children of Hashufa, and the children of Tebioth. Children of Keros, the children of Sia, the children of Padon, and a bunch of others I'll mispronounce. Let's see. Children of Lebanon, children of Hagabah, children of Shalmai, the children of Hanan, the children of Gidel, the children of Kahar, the children of Riah, the children of Rezin, the children of Nakoda, the children of Gazim, the children of Uzzah, the children of Fezia, the children of Besai, the children of Menunim, and the children of Nephishim, the children of Barbuk, the children of Hakufa, and the children of Harhur, Basileth, the children of Mahida, the children of Harsha, the children of Parkos, the children of Sisera, the children of Tama, and the children of Neziah, and the children of Hatifa. And the children of Solomon's servants, the children of Sotai, the children of Sophareth, the children of Arida, the children of Jala, the children of Darkhan, the children of Gidel, the children of Shephthiah, the children of Hatil, the children of Pokereth, of Zabaim, the children of Ammon, all the Nethanims and the children of Solomon's servants were 392. Now, by the way, um, I'm sorry that I didn't get a chance to... I tried, but I didn't have the, enough research facilities. It would be interesting to take uh, some research materials and figure out where those c- cities are. The problem with doing that is so many of them were not sure. 
Some of them are quite obvious. Some are more obscure. But the point of the exercise is to recognize that these cities are scattered all through the northern kingdom. If you go through that list, some of them will be familiar to you from uh, our, our days of Joshua. And the point being that we've got representatives among this remnant from all 12 tribes. And if you could identify, if we could identify all those cities, I suspect we'd find all 12 tribes. We, we don't know where some of them are. They're obscure. But, uh, uh, clearly, uh, a number of them you recognize, uh, from the, from our, from the exploits in the days of the judges were in the northern area. But, uh, anyway, continuing here, these were they which, which also from, uh, Talmela, Telharesha, Kerab, Adon, and Immer, they could not show their father's house nor their seed, whether they were of Israel. The children of Deliah, the children of Dabiah, the children of Dakota, 640 and 2. And of the priests, the children of Habiah, and the children of Koz, children of Barzillai, and of the daughters of Barzillai, and the Gilead to wife, uh, he was called after their name. And they sought after the register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but it was not found. Therefore were they, as polluted, put from the priesthood. Now they're Isra- Israelites, but they're, they couldn't identify themselves as descendants of Aaron, which was required for the priesthood. And Tershatha said unto them that they, and by the way, they could be descendants of Aaron, uh, they would be coming from 40, they probably had uh, evidence of one of the 48 cities of the Levites, which are scattered all through the land. But uh, in any case, and uh, uh, Tershatha said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things till there stood up a priest with Urim and Thummim, which we never see again. That was the old way back in the, in the Torah days. The whole congregation together was forty and two thousand three hundred and three score, but beside their man, men servants and their maid servants, of whom there were seven thousand three hundred and thirty-seven, they had two hundred and forty-five singing men and singing women. Their horses seven hundred and thirty-six, their mules two hundred and forty-five, their camels four hundred and thirty and five, six thousand seven hundred and twenty asses. And some of the chief of the. Now I might mention, by the way, to, if you want to get into the numbers, I won't ask for a show of hands. Um, the um, some of the scholars feel that the list in Ezra 2 is that of the returnees before they departed from Babylon. Nehemiah 7 gives those that actually arrived, because there are some discrepancies. And, uh, but the two chapters don't give any indication. The list includes people by 18 families and clans, the listing of inhabitants from 20 different towns and villages. The priests, and there's about 4,289 of them were listed, but they're followed by mention of 360 Levites, which included singers and gatekeepers. The temple servants and descendants of Solomon servants, a number about 392. It was followed by about 642 returnees who could not trace their ancestries. And so the others could apparently. And, uh, so they were not allowed, to, they were not allowed by the governor to eat the sacred food till a priest was ministering the urn. And, uh, so there is a difference about 1281 between Ezra 2 and, and the thing, and, uh, as seen in about 19 of the 41 items. And most, these are probably, frankly, could be copyist errors, uh, or possibly Ezra and Nehemiah had reasons for the different figures which were unstated and therefore are unknown today. Uh, and uh, so uh, Nehemiah's grand total of 49,942 people is close to Ezra's total of 49,897. There's an extra 45 in Nehemiah's total. They're singers. Uh, Nehemiah had 245, or Ezra only had 200. Uh, a scribe could have picked up uh, the 245 from verse 68 in reference to the mules by mistake inserted the 200 as singers. There's a number of conjectures how the copies might have made as that small error. But uh, in any case, uh, 
so much for that. Anyway, uh, the son of the chief of the fathers gave unto the work, and Tershatha gave unto the treasure a thousand drams of gold, fifty basins, five hundred and thirty priest garments, and some of the chief of the fathers gave to the treasure of the work twenty thousand drams of gold, two thousand two hundred pounds of silver, and this is obviously uh, a fortune. Uh, it's hard to you talk about two and a half ton, twenty one and a half tons of silver. Um, you're talking you know, by today's standards. That's that, that's heavy stuff. So okay, they. Uh, People gave us 20,000, let's see, more of that. And the priests and the Levites and the porters and the singers and some of the people and the Nethanims and all Israel dwelt in their cities. And in the seventh month came the children of Israel were in the cities. Now we're going to get into a, a key thing. Why the seventh month? Well, that's the number of the month of Tishri. That's the fall feasts of Israel, right? So let's finish up with chapter 8. All the people gathered themselves together as one man in the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, the Torah, if you will which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both men and women, and all that could bear with understanding, upon the first day of the seventh month. That's Rosh Hashanah. In the civil sense, that's the Feast of Trumpets in the religious sense. And so uh, this whole project, of course, of Nehemiah is going to change the whole attitude of the people of Judah. Their self-respect had been recovered by their victory over their enemies. The awareness of God had been stirred among them. So they're gathering to celebrate God. So Nehemiah puts forward Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of Moses and so on. Now, Ezra, inter- his job was to interpret the law. You need to understand that the people's language was not Hebrew, it was Aramaic, a similar but different language. It was the Gentile language of Babylon, if you will. And so it's not the classic Hebrew of the Old Testament document. So Ezra and his other teachers had to read, translate, and explain the text. And the reading of the law of Ezra took seven days, culminated on the eighth day with a worship service. So this is the beginning of their regaining their identity as God's people. And uh, so Ezra read again, therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon the pulpit of the wood which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Metatiah and uh, Shema and Aniah and Urijah and Hilkiah and Messiah. The, uh, on his right hand and on his left was Pediah, Mishael, Malchiah, Hashun, Hashpadana, Zechariah, and Meshullam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And he opened it and all the people stood up. And, he, and, and the, Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And Yeshua, Bani, and Sherebeth, and Jamin, and Jacob, and Zebediah, and Hodijah, and Messiah, and Kaliba, and Azariah, Jezabad, Hanan, Peleiah, and all the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they had sub-teachers scattered through the crowd to help answer questions and explain things. So they read the book of the law of, the Lord, uh, of, law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. I think that's pretty straightforward. I may have some clarifications here. We're talking, you know, the, 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 this is a quite a crowd because it probably numbered between thirty and fifty thousand people, depending on how, some assumptions you make. And uh, so, uh, the term, uh, the the uh, term to uh, the read the book. Distinctly gave them sense to understand. It really means to translate. And translation is part of the, the thing they're facing here. And, uh, and Nehemiah, which 
which is the Trishatha and the Ezra, the priest of the, uh, the, the scribe and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's interesting that holiness is always linked to joy. Holiness is linked to joy, if you understand God's program for your holiness. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, the day is holy, neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth, because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. And on the second day they gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests, the Levites, the Ezra, the scribe, even understand the word, to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths, in the Feast of the Seventh Month. This is the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles, it's often called. And they do that, by the way, to this day. They typically, they're, they follow the instructions from the Torah. They will, typically in their backyard or someplace convenient, they'll build a little temporary hut. And the ground rules are you have to be able to see the stars through the ceiling. It has to leak, in other words. And you have the wind has to be able to come through the walls. And the idea is to remind them of the wilderness wanderings. And they actually do this like a camping thing. It goes on for the seventh, you know, in the seventh month. And they do this for about a week, and uh, uh, they do this to this day. But they're, that's what, they're going to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths here, in, in a very, very zealous way. And that they should publish and proclaim all their cities, and in Jerusalem, this is not just in Jerusalem, all through the, 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 the Judah, they're saying, Go forth unto the mountain, fetch olive branches, and pine branches, and myrtle branches, and palm branches, and branches of thick trees, to make booths as, as it is written. So the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booths, every one of them, uh, uh, upon the roof of their house or in their courts or in the courts of the house of God and in the street of the water gate or in the street of the gate of Ephraim. And all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua the son of Nun, unto that day had not the children of Israel done so. Wow. They had not done this since before the time of the judges. That's a shocker. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Nehemiah. For a complete listing of resources available, please visit khouse.org. You can also call us on 1-800-K-HOUSE-1. To learn more about Koinonia Institute, visit koinoniainstitute.org. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.